Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business of Circularity. I'm your host, Stuart Hillhouse. On today's episode, I interview Tom Leanders, who is the co-founder of Gerard Street Headphones. He tuned in from the Netherlands, so it was awesome to get to connect with someone across the ocean and hear about his company and how they've started. So they're very unique because they have two business models mashed together to create one. They are a modular subscription-based headphone company. So modular, meaning each component of the headphone is able to be removed and replaced very easily without needing to throw out the rest of the headphone. So these are really high quality headphones, but say one of the speakers stops working. You, without needing any extra tools, and there's no glue within it, so you can take it apart super easily, can remove the, open it up, take out that speaker component that's not working, send it back to Gerard Street, and they'll replace it for you, send it back to you. And that's included in the price, so you don't need to pay anything extra to have it replaced. And then you can just screw it back in, and then you've got a working set of headphones again with only the broken piece needing to be replaced. So that's really interesting. The second part of that is they're a subscription base. So as I said, if a piece needs to be replaced, that's included in your subscription. It's kind of like insurance for your headphones. So say you had a normal pair of headphones and you just bought them outright, they're yours, right? So if you break them, it's your responsibility and you're gonna have to throw them out in the garbage. At Gerard Street though, it's included in your subscription the replacement of a broken component. So when you don't want that, uh, or if a new model comes out, you're able to return your headphones to them and they'll send you the new, the newest edition and uh, all that's all included in your subscription. So really interesting that they're doing a subscription model for a physical product where most people are still thinking about physical products as requiring ownership. This one is the same type of subscription model you would have with your Netflix account, where it's just ongoing, you pay $10 a month, and it keeps coming. So, great conversation with Tom. He's a huge music fan, which is why he was really uh, dead set on starting a circular business, uh, music business. Gerard Street headphones are super nice. They just released their uh, Bluetooth edition, as well as their wired edition. So they're just super nice over-the-ear headphones. And they just started selling them in the UK as well as the Netherlands. So if you're in the UK, look them up and take a look. And without further ado, please enjoy the conversation with Tom Leanders. So you're the, the co-founder of Gerard Street. Yes. Um, on your website, you describe yourselves as the headphone equivalent of Spotify. Can you, uh-huh. can you explain to the listeners what you mean by that and um, what what your product is? Yes, of course. Uh, we design uh, high-end headphones and uh, we offer them on a subscription basis. So you pay per month and you can quit whenever you want. At the moment, we have two products. We have a Bluetooth headphone and a wired headphone. And basically, we want to uh, become the Spotify, what Spotify did with it, music, we want to do with headphones. So, Right, so to have it as a, uh, as a service that you can just get, yes. you can get music wherever you want now, so it makes a lot of sense that you can just get headphones whenever you want it? Yes, 
Exactly, and we have a service model. So when uh, the cool thing about our headphone that it's fully modular. So when something breaks, you will get a spare part and you send the spare part back to us and we will recycle or renew it. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, so I saw some pictures of your uh, product and I'll, I'll link to your website in the show notes, but it delivers in a flat box. Yeah. And you assemble it yourself, is that correct? That's correct. And uh, that's because we can send everything uh, via mail. So uh, you don't need to be at home to receive the package. It will fit your mailbox and the spare parts as well. So uh, it's already small. And it saves us uh, a lot of uh, uh, cost as well. So I yeah, think for sure. Yeah. And so then you don't, and so the actual construction of the headphone is is unique so that it doesn't use any type of adhesives or glues. It's all modular and can be replaced. Yes, it is. We have uh, in the in the sound box, we have four screws who, uh, holding everything together. When you plug them out, the, the things become loose, uh, as well as we use uh, USB-C connectors to connect the headbands to the other uh, sound box. So everything is, you can take everything apart. Wow, that's awesome. So, mm -hmm. so obviously that's taken a lot of uh, of effort to get to where you are, and I'd be interested to hear if, uh, a little bit more about your background and where your your interest came in in making an electronic product. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, I have a background in industrial design engineering. I studied at the Technical University in Delft, and there where there I met Doris, that's my co-founder, and uh, we're both true music lovers. So we listen to our headphones every day. But it also meant that we threw away several headphones a year because a simple cable broke or a padding teared. And we thought uh, that's a really big waste of materials. And I think this can, we can do it smarter. So that's why we thought about a modular system so you can uh, repair every part. And also about the way you use a product because uh, we stay uh, owner of the product. So we repair everything and you always have a working headphone. Um, so that's a bit my background and um, Doris uh, plays the piano, I play the saxophone, so we're really into music <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and uh, th that's my biggest passion and I think it's great to combine uh, music with product design. Awesome. Was, was the idea of having it rep uh, repairable and returnable and that whole circular model, was that part of your original business idea? Uh, uh, yes, uh, how we started that uh, Doris came across uh, on the idea of the circular economy and we thought it was very interesting to combine sustainability with your business module. Um, and we see, and so we looked uh, on Google and we looked at uh, circular products, but we didn't find not uh, a lot of circular electronics. And I think it's pretty hard to make uh, electronics circular. So that's why it was one of the reasons we started Jared Street to become a project to see that it's possible to make circular uh, uh, electronics. Yeah, well, I, I don't know of many others who are in the electronics world. Why why is it co uh, more complicated than, than others? Uh, I think uh, technology upgrades very fast. So if you make a TV, the screens are getting bigger and bigger each year. Uh, the, um, as well with phones, uh, phones are getting smaller, they, uh, the screens are getting bigger. So we, we 
look at the market and we thought, okay, which kind of product don't develop that fast and uh, which we can design modular. And that's how we came on with a headphone as well. Mm, right. Yeah. Can you explain, uh, can you explain the story behind the name Gerard street? Yes, of course. Uh, the first headphone you also couldn't buy. It was installed in your home and you can call to the church or to the theater to listen to, uh, to the music uh, live because there was no uh, LP. Uh, and uh, the service was based on the Gerard Street in London. So that was the link with our brand. That's such a, that's such a great story to have as part of your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So circularity was always part of your of your business model and idea and how you wanted to get things started. Um, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't was... for the client. it wasn't for the client. So uh, you, you you talked about uh, a tip for people who wanted to start a circular business or want to start a business. We we looked at it in two ways. Uh, our personal drive was to to found a circular business, but uh, you also needed to find consumer pain so why people buy your product and that was differently uh, than our personal drive to start a circular business what would what did your market research look like in the beginning yeah we we had uh, done a lot of focus groups with students uh, from delft and we asked them all kind of questions regarding headphone usage so what are your problems uh, what kind of headphone do you use right now how how much do you pay for it what do you don't want to pay for it? Uh, what do you think about the lease model? Uh, we test all kind of uh, pricing uh, points, like a headphone of three euros a month, a headphone of five euros a month, a headphone of 10 euros a month, or you can buy it for 80, 250, see what they do, how they react, stuff like that. Yeah, I can imagine that pricing is a fairly... Um is a big indicator of what people's interests are. If, if it's able yeah, to yeah. be um, affordable or or not. Yeah, and it's it, limits for you, this is a different, difficult market because price is, doesn't say anything about quality. And we found out, for instance, we 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 bought in a headphone of 20 euros. I think it's uh, that's uh, how many dollars? Uh, 22, something like that. Yep. Um, and then, then we put a price tag of, of 250 euros on it and see if people could hear the difference. And some people do, but the majority of people don't. And they, they see the price tag as the quality uh, measure. So this was something really interesting that we found out. Yeah, and I can imagine most electronics are in a similar, a similar boat. I remember buying a HDMI cord and that's kind of a joke that you can buy a faster HDMI cord. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but is it really? <laughs> you don't no. know, right? No, 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 right. And that's why a subscription comes in hand because we say, okay, you can try it for one month. Is it not yours? Then you send it back and you don't have a problem at all. Right. And if you like it, you can just continue use the headphone. So you spoke about um, identifying the, the market very early on and doing a lot of uh, focus groups. Yeah. How did you then communicate your service and product? Because it's it's both at the same time. How do you communicate that and market it to your consumers? We we say you just uh, you pay monthly for a subscription, and we cover all. We we just cover everything, so all repairs are covered, and we 
give upgrades. So every two years we upgrade the model and you get the new model for free. That was basically our pitch. So subscribe for a headphone service. And some people thought, okay, this is interesting. This is something for me. Uh, we also see that upgrades are becoming a, an important thing in our uh, uh, product right now. So um, the first product uh, was called the Bird, uh, named after Charlie Parker. And um, all people who use the Bird get a free upgrade to, their, to our new models. And we retrieve the other ones and make refurbished models out of it. So the, I think the upgrade part is also a big uh, thing in our product right now. Yeah, for sure. As, as you said, technology is going to continue to move quickly and it's, it's wasteful if, unless your model is accounting for that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we also noticed that people wanted a Bluetooth headphone and we had a wired one. So we needed to develop a Bluetooth one. Got, uh, the, the market is fastly changing to uh, noise cancelling and Bluetooth right now. Yeah, what did your early stage product development and prototyping look like? Because you had a background in product design, so you knew yeah. a little bit of what you were doing. What what yeah. did you learn along the way? Uh, we did everything. The first uh, the first models we did everything via 3D printing. So we ordered uh, good speakers online. We hired a company who did the acoustic design. And I built my role in the company is product design. So I, I built an, uh, a casing around it uh, and just uh, see, okay, how do we, which part we needs to be replaceable, which part don't, doesn't, uh, things like that. And via 3D printing, you have a, a new model within a week. So you can iterate very fast. And uh, after that, we started the crowdfunding campaign to get the first clients on board, and we didn't finish the design yet. So we just had renders and say, okay, it will be look like it will be looking like this. Are you on board? Yes or no? And was that successful? Getting people to, to by actually showing them what it was going to look like—that's a big part of the of the sale—is to know yeah. what you're getting. Yeah, and. Um, some people wanted to, to hear the, the headphone first, so, so we built it, uh, a couple of uh, three-day uh, printed headphones and uh, they could listen to it. And uh, we had a campaign and we had our 400 clients on board within a month. And that was uh, how we started. Awesome. What, uh, what other partnerships did you need to make early on to specifically, so you had the partnerships to get the product developed and then what other partnerships did you need to establish the circular model? Uh, we needed a production partner, so someone would produce it for us. Uh, we needed a shipment partner, somebody would ship the goods to the uh, client and back. And we made ourselves uh, an, a subscription model, uh, back a, <coughs> sorry, and a system online where people could easily uh, uh, buy spare parts. Mm. So. I, th I think uh, it was pretty straightforward in the beginning. We didn't have that many partnerships. So uh, it was, yeah, th that were the, in the beginning, the partners. Now it, we developed a, a bigger company and we, we have new, new partners. And one thing what we found out is that it's very hard to assess the quality of your production when you're not, uh, we, we produce in China, so you need to be in China as well. And that's one, one of the things we learned from producing the first batch. 
And uh, that's why we have a partnership with Fresh and Rebel right now. It's a Dutch company who has their own factories in China. They produce also headphones so that we can control our quality way better. Yeah, for someone who's never done a, a never created a physical product, is mm-hmm. production one of the more what what would be what would you say is the most uh, difficult stage in that whole process? Getting clients on board. I think that was the most difficult thing. Uh, finding your finding your first uh, early adopters. How to how to find them? And now now we have like a good production partner, and now it's time to scale. And that's our uh, next. Uh, thing we need to find out how we will do that so that's our next challenge uh, we just launched uh, our service in the uk so that's our first uh, expansion abroad and uh, yeah we learn already a lot of things from that so i think uh, we, we learn a lot along the way so what are some of the challenges of moving into a new market uh, logistics uh, we need to set it uh, uh, the parts to the consumer but the consumer also need to send it back and it, that must be in a, a fast and cheap way that's one of the uh, difficult challenges we face right now um, but also uh, uh, to scale from uh, 100 clients a month to uh, 1000 clients a month to so 10,000 clients a month how, how you do that so that's also a really difficult challenge right now what does your um uh, behind the scenes kind of backend system look like that keeps track of how many customers you have and what models they have? Is that automated or is that pretty manual still? Uh, it's mostly automated. Uh, that's one of the cool things you can do with Facebook and Instagram advertisements. You can target whoever you like and you can measure uh, how expensive it is to get a client on board, but also... Uh, you can see the click-through rate, you stuff like that, and you can implement it on your website and see uh, uh, with a pixel group uh, uh, how much the person visits the website, stuff like that. So you get really interesting information about your target audience. And we built uh, just a really simple uh, front end via WordPress, and we we use uh, WooCommerce uh, uh, in the back end and WooCommerce subscription. So it's a pretty easy system. And then, so how how have you found uh, the user's uh, ability to to return? And ha- I'm interested in the um, in that replacement part of your business model. Is do many of them? Is it pretty straightforward for them? Do they figure it out pretty easily, or is there a little bit of communication that you need to work on there? Mm, it's pretty sta- straightforward. We we send the spare part. Uh, together with an, uh, we call it a retour envelope in the Netherlands. Uh, how do you say it? It's uh, an envelope with our address on it and uh, a prepaid stamp. Mm-hmm. So they can really easily send it back to us. And we retrieve, we receive it within, I think, four days at our office. And then we, we uh, store it here. So it's pretty easy. And uh, I think one of the, the most interesting learnings from our side is that we started with a, a year subscription, um, but we lowered the barrier uh, and uh, we started doing a monthly subscription and that really increased the sales. So keep the barrier uh, as low as possible for people to subscribe was really uh, a good way to scale the business. Yeah. And that low barrier of entry, does that lead to someone saying, oh, I'll try it for a month, and it ends up them keeping it for the year eventually? 
Yeah, yeah. We have a very manageable churn. Just the people who uh, quit every month is is really manageable, and um, they stay uh, for a very long time because I think they are happy with the product. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think we're doing a good job over there. That's one of the riskiest assumptions we had in the beginning. How how big will the churn be? And uh, it's very manageable for us. So uh, that's great. Yeah, that is great. That's that's a big part of a lot of businesses. Yeah. Uh, before moving into the UK and into a new market, what kind of what did you need to know, or what what indicators did you need to see before you were confident in moving moving and growing? Mm, uh, how big the target audience is in such a country the 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 we primarily target uh, young music lovers uh, who have a big interest in headphone combined with an interest in or a, a service model or a more sustainable li- lifestyle and how you find how you, how easily you can copy it from the dutch uh, target audience to the uk audience that was one Thing we we found out, but also how how big the market was, and it's very easy for us to to do all the communication in English and have an English uh, customer service as well. That's more difficult when you go to France or Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're scaling into the UK now. What mm-hmm. what does the next eighteen months look like for Gerard Street? Uh, we will. Um, in the upcoming four months, we, uh, we, we will launch a new model, an uh, active noise cancelling model. So uh, people can switch to that model if they want. Um, and I w- we will uh, <clears throat> grow the business substantially in the UK. And uh, we will uh, do a little bit of new product development. And we will look into if uh, true wired earpods are also uh, a smart next product category for us. But that's really about learning and validating. So maybe we, we will invalidate it, but we will see. Yeah, I think the the consumer expectations of electronics is always going to be shifting. So there's always room for identifying the right market and the right people yeah. within that market and mm-hmm. giving them exactly what they need. Because not everyone's going to want, like you said, the... Like I'm right now, I'm just wearing twenty dollar in ear headphones, and it they eventually start fraying, and uh, I'm just going to need another pair. And this is such a difficult piece of technology to disassemble. Like it's such small components and mm-hmm. materials that I can imagine it's a recycling nightmare, if if at all. Exactly. So we need to find out the way how to modular, uh, how to design that in a modular way. Uh, if people find it interesting to pay such a product uh, per month, uh, there should be a price gap because if the if the product is too cheap, they just buy it. There's no reason to pay per month. So you need to have like a really high-end, nice quality product to do, to servitize it. Yeah, and, and so you mentioned earlier about um taking the materials that are returned to you or, or the broken components or something like that. And then um, what do you do with that, that material now? Uh, we mostly refurbish it and make new headphones out of it. Uh, the, the things, uh, the, the parts who, who touch your ears and hair will always be new. So the ear paddings and headbands are new. 
the rest can be uh, refurbished. Uh, and if something uh, isn't usable anymore, we have stock right now for that and we will find we are searching for a, a right company to uh, completely recycle those products for us. Yeah, because I imagine most of most of the components are, are plastic at this point then? Uh, and oh. metal. Uh, so right. the headband, for, for instance, here uh, is completely out of metal because uh, it's basically a metal spring, so it doesn't break. We found out that uh, plastic breaks really easily, so the headband breaks really easily. So that's one of the things why we made it from metal. And we use uh, uh, ABS, that's a very common plastic, and all parts are in the same plastic. So we have a mono stream of the same plastics. That's really important when you want to recycle it, that uh, the plastic are the same. Because if you use all different kind of grades, you can't recycle it. Yeah. The the concept of um, a service, so you're offering a service, uh, mm-hmm. which is the headphone. And there's no mm-hmm. ownership. It's not like a, um, a shared economy where someone an individual owns a headphone and just renting it to other people while they're not using it no 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 it's yeah. not a, it's not like that and people also experience that the headphone is really themselves for themselves because they also assemble it themselves they repair it themselves so they they build up a relation with the product so it's not shared no yeah exactly and uh is that a model that you're seeing um, used a lot more in, in Europe? Is it starting to catch on? Yeah, yeah. We have a really fast-growing company as well. It's called Swapfeeds. They do. They have the same business model as us uh, with bikes. So you, you, you buy a bike per month, and when it breaks, they will swap your bike. That's why it's called Swapfeeds. It means swap bike. Uh, we have also this with washing machines and coffee machines. And I think... Uh, Firstly, it was a trend and becoming more and more common here in the Netherlands. And uh, we will see. At, uh, we, for now, the, the, the numbers in the UK also are, are looking good. So, What would be uh, a product to use in your, in your day-to-day life that you would like to see turned into a subscription? Uh, I think uh, uh, if you look to the car market, it is already is... They have already a subscription muscle because you just can lease a car. Um, I think that's very nice. Um, I, I think for products that uh, are used on a daily basis in your life, which uh, can break easily, I think that that's all that products I want to use per month. Uh, so when they break, I can repair it uh they don't we don't throw away it so uh, a lot of products yeah don't be one product group for me audio products but that's because of my interest in music <laughs> yeah hopefully you don't break your saxophone too often or else that means <laughs> no, you're no, playing no, it too hard yeah so um, yeah, just uh, kind of wrapping up a little bit. What kind of advice would you give to others who are interested in starting a, a circular uh, business, specifically to physical products? Mm-hmm. Uh, just test, test, and test. So uh, don't uh, build an entire product and then sell it. Just 
look at how to build prototypes and 3D parts to test your assumptions because producing a product costs a lot of money. You need to have molds and poo. It's, it's just a lot of money. And if something goes wrong, uh, then you just have a product nobody wants. Um, and don't focus on sustainability that much. I think it's really uh, uh, good uh, as like a, a second thing to buy the product. Uh, but the first thing you really need to know why your product, your, why your co customers want that product. Like uh, they want a service because uh, the product breaks really easily. They want to uh, have it as a service because it's normally way too expensive for them. Uh, they just think it's a really cool product because it fits their, uh, I don't know, their their new uh, new wrapper. Who they think is really great. Use it. Uh, it becomes a lifestyle product you need to find that out as quickly as possible. So don't focus on the sustainability part that much, but focus more on the market side. Yeah, great advice. Um, yeah. So Gerard Street is currently in the Netherlands and recently launched in the UK. So any UK yeah. listeners, take a look. Uh, where where would you like people to find you online? You can go to uh, gerardstreet.nl. That's G-E-R-R-A-R-D. S T R E E T dot N L. Yes, correct. Great. And you can find the them on Instagram and Facebook as well. If you type in Gerard Street with two R's. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Tom. Any any last words for the audience? Uh, no. Uh, if you have another question, I'm happy to uh, <laughs> help you. But uh, well, I think uh, we said it uh, we said a lot. <laughs> So uh, no, some great advice there and uh, a really great business model and uh, all the luck keeping, keeping that going. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's all we got for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on any other platform. It really helps uh, get this podcast seen by more people so we can carry on the circular economy and really bring it to everyone. Also be sure to send me a message on Twitter at Stu underscore Hillhouse, S-T-E-W underscore H-I-L-L-H-O-U-S-E. That way you can get a hold of me, suggest other people you want to have on the show or topics you'd like me to cover and just give me some feedback. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much and we'll see you next week.